Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. I want to talk to you today about, about uh, triumph. I believe that God told me that, that Palm Sunday is about a triumphant entry. I believe Christianity is about triumph. It's about ultimate triumph. One of the reasons why I'm not a, a Satanist, I'm not into the occult, witchcraft, I'm not into that stuff. It's not because it's not real. It's because they lose. One of the reasons I'm a Christian is I hate losing. I'm competitive. Why would you serve a, a deity, a little G, that ain't the big G? You're on the back of the bus, homie. Like you, look, I know where we're going. My grandma had a bumper sticker on her Crown Victoria that said, I know the future. God wins. One of the reasons why I'm a believer is because I hate losing. We serve a God that's triumphant. And I want you to know today that I want to talk on the subject matter of triumph. And um, I believe uh, one of the things that God wants to do today is he wants to lead us in all areas into triumph. And I don't care if you're coming out of a broken season, a blessed season, or somewhere in the middle. God meets us where we are. And I believe that the journey of faith is a journey of getting closer to him and entering into his triumph. I don't know if you saw last night there was UFC fights on. I know some of you don't care about it. I was at a friend's house. We were watching it. And I thought, man, what would it be like to be married to a fighter? We actually have a couple UFC fighters that go to our church. And I noticed this, that when you go to a fight and you're a UFC fighter, you actually get punched in the face, kicked in the leg. You have bruises, swelling, bleeding black eyes, and I thought to myself, if you win that fight, you make money, right? And if you make money, your spouse, interesting thought, the spouse takes none of the punches, none of the kicks, none of, come on, you follow me, none of it, none of the pain, but that spouse, because of the relationship, the covenant, they enter into the rewards of their spouse's victory. And today you go, why do people get so excited about Easter and Palm Sunday, just Christian rhetoric, listen to me, we get excited because of the victory that Jesus had and the rewards that it gives us that are connected to him. He was bloody, beaten, and bruised so that we could taste, come on, triumph. Know his victory. So I uh, gave my message away. It's like that, come on, spoiler. Who's seen a trailer that has all the funny parts of the message? Are the funny parts of the movie or in the 60-second trailer? You watch the movie, it's like there's nothing else there. There's something else in this message. Come on. You have your Bible today. I would like to turn to me again. Uh, Matthew chapter 21. It's Palm Sunday. And this is the story of Palm Sunday, the first day of Holy Week. Incidentally, most of the Bible, uh, the New Testament has, you know, 260 chapters. There's 1,189 chapters in the Bible. But out of the 260 chapters in the New Testament, 89 of them are in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Some of you are brand new to faith. And when you're reading Matthew... You got to Mark, and you're like, oh, no, he got arrested again. And you got to Luke, and you're like, it's happening again. It's like deja vu. You get to John, you're like, no, four times, why, Lord? I want you to know that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are four different individuals that followed and knew Jesus, and they write their firsthand accounts or their secondhand accounts of what happened. And we read, and this is interesting, that the, the, the triumphant entry is in all four Gospels. 
Ironically, they call it Holy Week, which is the last week of Jesus' life. And uh, it's interesting that out of the 89 chapters of the gospel, uh, a lot of them were dedicated actually to the last seven days of Jesus' life. Pretty amazing, actually, that, that uh, about two-fifths of the book of Matthew were dedicated to the last seven days of Jesus' life. Uh, three-fifths of the book of Mark, one-third of the book of Luke, and half of the book of John was dedicated to the last seven days. Most important life ever lived, most important week of the most important life. And today, we're going to look at the first day of Holy Week called, come on, Palm Sunday. Let's pick up reading here, 11 verses out of John chapter 21. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem, they came to Bethpage, and at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village opposite of you, and immediately you will find a donkey. Say it with me, a donkey. A donkey tied in a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. Immediately they will send you. All this was done that might be fulfilled by Zechariah 9.9 that says, Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly, sitting on a donkey, a colt, a foil of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, set Jesus on them, and a very great multitude. Scholars say there's about two and a half million Jews in Jerusalem during Passover. And a mighty crowd laid their clothes on the road, cut down branches from the palm trees, and laid them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna. Come on, say it with me. Hosanna. Hosanna. It says, he who comes, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna in the highest. And it goes on, it says, when he came into Jerusalem, watch this, the city was moved. I believe that whenever you invite Jesus into a region, it moves that region. It says, they were moved saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. I want to talk to you today about, uh, about making a difference. And I titled this message today, What's That Smell? I want to talk to you about triumph today, but say it with you, what's that smell? Let's go to 2 Corinthians so you understand why I titled it that. It'd be really awkward. Like, what's he talking about? Um, go with me real fast to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, when you get there, say, I'm there. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And it says in following verse 14, it says, now Paul writes, thanks be to God. Say, say with me, thanks be to God. Why? Who always, not sometimes, always leads us in triumph. In Christ, through us, he diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are God's fragrance. What a beautiful verse. I've been thinking about this lately. We are God's fragrance we're his cologne and it says of his we are his fragrance of his knowledge in every place for we are god's fragrance of christ among those that are being saved and among those who are perishing to one we are the aroma of death leading to death and to the other we are the aroma of life that leads to life kind of a heavy passage we don't like to talk about death or hell in church, 
Martin Luther said if there was more hell behind the pulpit, there'd be less hell behind the pew. So uh, I won't mess too much with that, but I do believe today that there is a grace in these tents today to be able to unpack both the light and the darkness and to actually expose what God wants to reveal. Say with me, do you, what's that smell? I love it, fragrance. What a beautiful, what a beautiful picture. Let's pray this morning. If you're brand new to our church, I'm going to pray, tell a couple stories, give you a couple points, and we're going to invite God to put a stamp on this service by healing, setting free, and invading people with his love. You guys ready to go? Father, I just thank you for what you're going to do the next several moments. I thank you. There's someone in here by the name of uh, uh, Saul, or, yeah, Saul, and maybe even watching online today, and I just thank you that, Lord, you're restoring faith, even in some people that have lost it. I even pray, Lord, the damage that was done at 13, 14, and 15. Lord, today, reinvigorate faith. Do it in hearts. Do it in Solomon. God, I pray that today you would do it even in a, 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 even Samuel. I thank you that today would be a day of reinvigorating faith. Lord, meet us where we, we're at. Lead us into where you want us to be. Let us have an awesome Sunday. Lord, we pray you bless the Lakers. In Jesus' name, everybody said a good old-fashioned. Amen. Hey, amen, amen, amen. I, uh, I don't know. I just think that the younger generation today, <coughs> technology is changing so many things. My fear is the younger generation is growing softer. Can I get an Amen. Older people know what I'm talking about. I just feel like some of these youngsters don't know what the real world is all about. I didn't grow up in an era of time that we had recycled rubber on our playgrounds. I grew up with blacktop, people. We suspended monkey bars over blacktop. Okay? And it wasn't like these little mini monkey bars that you could just fall on your head from. It's like, you might die. Grew up in a different era. We didn't have all these conveniences of modern technology. We didn't have cell phones. We had home phones with cords. I remember a time in history before answering machines. You could stay on the line for infinitum. You could keep rain until Jesus returns. It wouldn't go to voice, but just keep bringing. And if they weren't home, you weren't getting a hold of nobody. There was a point in time, young people, listen to me, that you had to walk to someone's house to see if they were home. No little text message, hey, you there? You were Chevrolet-ing it. You were taking the 210. Come on, somebody. Two legs, ten toes. You, you, you live in a different era of time. It was different. I'm concerned because we have an era that's so domesticated today. We hand out participation trophies. I keep score. My girls play basketball. Kenzie came home one day. She's like, Daddy, we won. You didn't win. You lost. You got smoked today. You step up your gag. We're in practice today, girl. We ain't celebrating this participation culture. We're winners. Can I get an Amen. This guy's a bad dad. No, I'm not a good dad. I'm convinced, man. We live in a generation just soften everything up. Just domesticating everything. I grew up with, come on, metal slides. You don't know about metal slides. First degree burns, a recess. We don't, now we pad everything and there's rubber and recycled tires and it's a different time. I grew up in a time period, my mom was even better than I was. 
My mom grew up in a time period that they didn't have expiration dates. That's a real generation right there. That's the greatest generation. Back in the day, you didn't know if food was bad or good. You had to smell it. I don't, I'm, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, come on, strong, but my mom, she's, she's a gangster. If I'm ever questioning the, the validity and the, the quality and integrity of milk or some other, you know, spoilable goods, I'm like, Mom, can you come here for a second? My mom has that hound smell, right? She, it's fine. My mom, this milk expired two months ago. It's all right. She's like, they didn't used to have expiration dates. Didn't have eggs that had stamps on them. We used to just kind of wing it. <laughs> she would remind me, we used to live under the stars, Mark. We got this. And uh, I was thinking about this, how women have a, seems that women have a stronger smell than men usually. Maybe just my wife and I, but I thought, I, they said that one of the symptoms of COVID was you lose your smell. I'm like, I was born with COVID. I haven't smelled much of anything for a long time. And uh, it's like, I was born with 19. Um, my wife, though, she has, a, she has a keen smell. She smells, I mean, she smells, she can smell a tuna salad at a different neighborhood. She's like, close the windows. The neighbors are making tuna. I'm like, for real? My wife, well, this true story, she's going to hate me for this. If someone has to go to the bathroom, come on, you know, the, she's like, do not go if we have company coming over. The house has to smell good. My wife is the queen of candles, candle warmers back in the day. I would use, I would take her candles off the candle warmers and I put my queso on there. That's right. Because I'm a man. I remember, I remember my wife, she fell in love with this new fragrance called Le Labo. I knew I was in trouble. If you don't know what Le Labo is, it, uh, it's a Greek word that means full paycheck. Um, they make candles and smells. We have them in our bathrooms. That's why we haven't bought a new building yet. Um, I uh, was thinking about this. Smells. Smells are powerful. Smells, uh, smells can remind you of a time, a season, or a place. Say it with me. A time? A season or a place. I think that the older generation was pretty amazing that they could, they could give something the smell test. They could sniff it and they go, oh, that's good. Or they smell like, ah, oh, it's got to go. I was thinking about how powerful it is that in a time period where, where it, it honestly says in 2 Corinthians, it talks about how God is a God that leads his people into triumph. But the interesting part about what he says in 2 Corinthians is that it says that when God leads us into triumph, we actually diffuse a fragrance. I want you to know how powerful this is, the imagery here, that as followers of Jesus, when you are following God, you actually release a fragrance in the world. And I was thinking about how, man, that word diffuse means release. It means to manifest. The word fragrance, actually, it incites the idea of cologne or a smell, a pleasing aroma. And I believe that one of the greatest things that we can do as followers of Jesus in a dark world is not beg for an easier life. I find it interesting that in the Bible, when they were persecuted, 
when the early church was going through getting beaten and getting arrested and growing up in a dark era of time, we find no prayers of them saying, God, deliver us from persecution. Rescue us from a dark state. God, you see all the stupidity online. We don't see that. Instead, we see them asking God for boldness. We see them saying, God, see the threats of the world and grant that your servants with all boldness might stand for you. They didn't ask to retreat. They asked to get invaded. They wanted to get invaded with the spirit of God that they could lead their region into triumph. I believe that we are called to do the same. It's crazy nowadays. We have everything tolerated on social media. Everything in this state is celebrated except godliness. Have you noticed this? doesn't matter what it is. It's immoral. It's morally bankrupt. It's corrupt. It's detestable. It's wicked. It's an abomination. We will tolerate it. We'll throw it on Netflix. You talk about Jesus, cancel. Why are we canceling things that are morally sound and elevating things that are morally bankrupt? Why are we making shoes that are actually Luciferian shoes? And we're cool with that. But we are not so sure. Like strip clubs, they can be full. Churches, 5%. Casinos, open. Airplanes, open. Churches, shut them down. I saw the mandate in San Francisco. It says do not sing. Do not pray out loud. Do not elevate your voice. Do not. not, I'm like, are you for real? It's like, okay, uh, who wrote this? Uh, Satan. Is that who's running this thing? Don't say, don't, don't. Oh, I finished that Lucifer. Lucifer. That's who, uh, that's who was writing that. I was thinking about how God is a God that wants to lead his people into triumph. I've been saying this since 2020. God does not need the world to be victorious to lead you or me into victory. I said this earlier. Some churches have gotten weaker. Some churches have gotten stronger. I believe the Jesus you preach is the Jesus that you get. We preach a God that barely gets us to heaven. That's the God that we experience in this life. But if we believe in a Jesus that has power today to lead, to guide, to save, to heal, to deliver, to raise up, to restore, that's the Jesus that you get. Some of you grew up going to churches that God couldn't do anything except get you to heaven. That's all that church ever saw. But I've been to churches that I've seen blind eyes get vision back. I've seen deaf ears open up. Who told you that? I was there, my friend. I was at a church in Seattle, Washington, when I said, look, God's going to heal someone here that has a blind eye. I didn't know there was a young lady there that happened to be her very first time ever going to church her entire life. She was 23 years old. She was a neighbor of one of the college students. And I said, there's a young lady, there's someone here that has blindness in one of their eyes. And I didn't know this lady was her first time at church. She raised her hand, and back then we'd call him on the stage. Come on. Gangsters back then. Brought her on the stage. I said, who believes in this tent that God could heal her sight? The whole church, well, I guess we've got to make a choice. Make a choice here. I think so. No, for real. Who, can, who believes God still heals? So they raised up. We started worshiping God. And I'll never forget. I said, we all had our eyes closed worshiping God. And I'll never forget. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, we're praying. Come on, stretch forth your hands towards her. And we prayed in front of 600 young people in Kirkland, Washington. And 600 people witnessed a girl open her eyes, fall to her knees, and scream. I still hear her voice. I can see. I can see. 
I can see she wasn't even a Christian yet. God opened her eye before he saved her soul. The Jesus you preach is the Jesus you get. Come on, who believes that today? A God that still heals, still saves, still, are you hearing me today? I feel fired up. We serve a triumphant God. And the Bible says that when we follow him in the triumph, he diffuses, releases, and manifests the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. You know why God raised you up? To release the fragrance of Jesus. You know why God gave you that opportunity? To release the fragrance of Jesus. You know why God gave you those crazy kids? Release the fragrance of Jesus. You know why God gave you that marriage? Come on, release the fragrance. Are you hearing me today? One of our greatest opportunities in life is to actually follow Jesus into victory. And when we experience his triumph, it releases, it manifests the fragrance of knowledge everywhere that we go. It says that when we do that, we become to God the fragrance of Jesus. And it's crazy, it doesn't stop there. It says that you don't just become the fragrance of Jesus when you follow his triumph. It says to the world that's saved, you become the fragrance of everlasting life. To those that are willfully disregarding God, you become the fragrance of impending doom. We don't talk about this in church. You know what the picture is here is when Jesus comes in to Jerusalem on Passover, on Palm Sunday, Romans would have laughed because they would have said, that's not a triumphant entry. A, a Roman triumph is when a general comes back from destroying an enemy, captures those enemies, and literally has a convoy with a golden chariot leading the procession. And imagine this. The streets are lined like when the Lakers won the championship. Streets are lined. People are blowing trumpets. People are lighting incense. There is a smell of victory in the air. People are shouting and chanting. Citizens of Rome are celebrating while the enemies of Rome in the procession are, are, are worried. <laughs> Because they're watching in, because this is what would happen, is they would, the Romans would lead their enemies that they captured into an arena. And in the arena, those enemies would be thrown into beasts, to animals. And it was like gladiator in the ancient world. Listen to me. If you were in that procession, if you were on Rome's side, the scent of the incense reminded you of victory. But if you were in the back of the parade as a captive of the enemy of Rome, that scent reminded you of the impending doom that was waiting for you in the arena. When Paul writes down, you are the fragrance of Christ in the world, when those that believe smell your life, they sense heaven. You know why some people don't like Christians? It's like, why would you not like Christians? You ever thought about this? Logically, come on, atheist friends, stay with me. Logically, why do we not like Christians? If they were in charge of the world, okay, let's, let's figure this out. We'd have a world that's honest, that's good to our neighbors, Pays our taxes, doesn't cheat on our spouse, has a generous eye that blesses our enemies, prays for those that misuses us, goes the extra mile. What is bad about what we believe? We're not strapping bombs to our chest. What is the threat of the biblical worldview? There is no threat. It's, the Bible says that men, knowing darkness, choose darkness rather than the light. And I'm telling you, God doesn't listen to me very clearly right now. God sends no man to hell. 
He doesn't. Do you know that hell was not engineered? It's a real place. It's not a real, it's a real place, friends. But it was never designed for humanity. The Bible says that God created hell for Lucifer and his fallen angels. God sends no man to hell, but he gives every man free choice to believe in what they want to believe. Good spot for an amen right there. I don't know if I like that. Well, I'm telling you right, I'd rather offend you today, and you know the truth, than you to wake up in eternity and go, I went to a church for 20 years and no one told me the truth. Some pastors are so scared of heaven and hell that they tiptoe around it. I'm just telling you right now, I would rather be smacked with truth than kissed with lies. Heaven's real. Eternity's real. And what we worship in this life is who we abide with in eternity. We will be a people that follow Jesus in the triumph. Can I get an amen? And I'm telling you, man, don't worry about the crowd. I think one of the messages that Palm Sunday teaches us is do not worry about the opinion of the crowd. Because on Sunday they're like, Hosanna! And then about one-third, two-thirds of that crowd, five days later, were like, crucify him! How do you go from Hosanna to crucify him? Here's the moral of the story. Don't worry about the opinion of the crowd. I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm going to serve God. If it's just me and Jesus, come on, that's all I need. I want to remind you that there's not a republic in the kingdom of God. There is a monarch. We don't serve a God that was voted in, and we don't serve a God that is voted out. It's a problem with the Western world. I don't like Jesus sometimes because I can't manipulate him. If I don't like the way he's ruling things or the way he wrote things, you can't change his narrative. He is not a president that is elected. It's not a republic, a democratic republic. This is a monarch. We serve a king that has a kingdom that makes rules. Rulers have rules. I don't know if I like that. I'm telling you right now, God doesn't say no to anything unless it has your best interest attached to it. God gives you rules and he says, hey, not, you, don't, you don't enter heaven by uh, adhering rules. You have a relationship with me. But when you fall in love with your wife, there's some things you stop doing. You don't ever go to weddings and they're like, all right, do you promise to be faithful to your wife? Not flirt with other people? Not check out other people? Not be a slob to other people? Not to be a creep all the time? You don't hear these vows at weddings running through the idiosyncrasies of what you're not going to do after you say, I do. You're going to say, I'm going to love this girl, I'm going to honor this guy, and I'm going to love him so much that my yes to them is no to everybody else. And that's what Jesus does. My yes to him, it's not out of rules and regulations, it's out of love. My love for God gives me an automatic no to dark things. Good spot for an amen right there. I'm telling you, man, some people don't realize the power, the power of of following Jesus in the triumph. I love the fact that this message of Christianity started with 12 young guys. Today they said there's 7.8 billion people on the earth. They speculate that about 3 billion people on the earth have some sort of belief in Jesus as Christ. That is almost, you know, that's, that's, that's a lot. That's, that's over one-third of the earth's population that has some sort of faith in Jesus. How does a motley crew of a bunch of fishermen and tax collector uneducated young guys turn the world upside down how do people man from the corner of palestine 
in 30 years go from Palestine to Rome to Caesar in a 30-year window? How do people turn the world upside down? How do we still celebrate Palm Sunday years later? It's because Jesus is triumphant. And if you don't think he's triumphant, tell me how. No one, none of, the, none of the atheist scholars of the day have any explanation of the rapid growth of Christianity, especially in adverse climates and cultures and, and dictatorships. How do you not suffocate Jesus and the Bible when you persecute it? People like Nero tried to push Christianity underground, burn Bibles, ban Christians, threaten execution. And every time Christianity in history has been persecuted, it goes underground, but it always surfaces with signs and wonders following. You can't suffocate the power of our message because we serve a triumphant king. And I'm telling you today, I'm not lying to you, that I believe that Palm Sunday is a reminder of the aroma of triumph. Palm Sunday is the reminder of the fragrance, the aroma, and the cologne of Jesus called triumph. Jesus had a cologne, it wouldn't be Axe, come on. Wouldn't be Old Spice. It would be called Triumph. God leads us into triumph. What, what happened on Palm Sunday? I want to write these things down. I believe that we smell like triumph. I believe that God leads us into it because Palm Sunday is about four things. Palm Sunday is a reminder that Jesus came in on a donkey which syndicated peace. Some people say, Mark, how do you live a life of triumph? You welcome the God of all peace. Jesus, he's the author of peace. He is the prince of peace. It says to cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. It says to be worried about nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Listen to me today. What makes Christianity triumphant? We serve a God that doesn't have peace. We serve a God that is peace. He is peace. Some of you like coming to this church not because of how great the musicians are, how good the messages are. You feel peace here. Depression lifts when you're in these tents. You can feel the heaviness, the guilt lift. You know the presence of God by peace like, you know, the presence of darkness by fear and worry and lust. Where God is, there is peace. Some people don't realize, you know, peace is one of God's weapons. I love Romans 16, 20. You know what it says? The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. How does Satan get crushed? Come on, with God's peace. I shouldn't have peace right now, but come on, God, you're so good. I got peace. I got a crazy bill coming up. I got peace. Challenges in my life right now. I got peace. Big exam coming up next week. I got peace. Peace suffocates the devil. I believe that God wants to give peace to his people. I believe that the kingdom of God is the only kingdom that peace is a military tool. God offers peace as a military tool. See, Jesus didn't come in on a horse. If he did, we'd be in trouble. Because horses are what kings rode when they determined war and when they determined judgment. When war and judgment were the agenda of the king, they came riding a horse. But in the ancient world, if you saw a monarch sitting on a donkey, 
it was because their motive and their desire was peace Jesus entered Palm Sunday saying guys world Luke said it this way Jesus came into the world to offer peace to all men goes on later in the book of Luke and it says that not only will there be peace on earth it says there will be peace in heaven Jesus came into the world to give us peace here and there and church is that gate between the two worlds peace say with me peace I believe the day that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and I'm telling you today that those that don't welcome the King of Peace I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm going to be honest with you because I'd rather you hear the truth now than you hear it in eternity. Jesus is coming back again one day. Mark, you were way too young to say stuff like that. No, I'm not. I'm, I look, I'm young, but I believe the old truth that Jesus is coming again. The day will come that he will split the sky. The trumpet will sound. And those that are dead in Christ will rise. And when he comes back, Revelations 19 says he's not riding a donkey. He's riding a white horse. He's coming in victory. He's coming in triumph. His eyes are full of fire. His hair is like wool. And he's got a tattoo on his thigh that says, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He was humble in his life, but when he returns, he will come in strength. I tell you today, the greatest thing we can live for is his eternal kingdom. We serve a God that is the King of all kings. Which I believe that he is a God that came in on a donkey because he offers conditions of peace. Feel his presence. You know, the Bible says that they took their clothes and they threw them on the ground. You know why they took clothes and threw them on the streets? Because whenever they did that in the Bible, there was a king named Jehu that when he got a, inaugurated, his friends threw their clothes in a street to declare that there was a new king. And I believe the reason why, historically, Palm Sunday, not only did they welcome the Prince of Peace on a donkey, they, they threw clothes on the road so they could declare that I am serving and I am worshiping a new king. I want you to write this down. You choose which king you worship. Some of you are like, I'll never worship Jesus. That's fine. You'll worship something. I'll never worship anything. I'm not religious. No, you worship sports. You worship the stock market. You worship sex. You worship money. You worship relationships, you worship tender. I don't care what you want, I'm telling you, anything you worship that's not Jesus eventually will cave in on you. Because he's the only one that could be put on the throne. That's why you see people in Hollywood that have millions of dollars, married to models, committing suicide. How could you have everything and be empty? Because you can't worship anything except him and not have it cave in on you. He is the king. And I believe that not only does the smell of Jesus bring peace, it brings lordship. How about this? The smell of Jesus is the fragrance of victory. He is the victorious one. They cut down branches. Palm branches were a sign of the king's victory. They would throw palm branches whenever the king was victorious in battle. And I want you to know that God is a God that is triumphant. It says in Romans 14, 11, that every knee will bow, and every tongue confess. Now you might, you might mock this message. You might be watching online saying this is just a bunch of fanaticism for weak-minded people that can't cope with the realities of life. So they have a mysticism and some sort of fantasy of faith that helps them cope with life. You're weak and this is your crutch. Christianity's a crutch. I hope God breaks your legs. 
one of the greatest crutches I've ever experienced. I've tried the crutch of alcohol. I've tried the crutch of drugs and sex. I've done all of it. I'm telling you right now, I know I have the greatest news on the earth. I've seen people that are rich and famous, athletes. I, I was the chaplain at Boise State. I saw kids right before they signed NFL contracts and won Super Bowls with tears streaming down their face saying, I've looked in strip clubs, I've looked in parties, I've looked in relationships, I've looked everywhere from what I found here today. We have the greatest news in the earth that we serve a God that is the king above all kings. He is the victorious one. And what I worship in life is who I abide with in eternity. So therefore, I will be, a, I will be one that declares every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Mock me now. I'm telling you, the day will come. And I'm bold in that too. It's kind of arrogant, preacher. You should be kind. I'm telling you that if I'm wrong, I miss nothing. If you're wrong, you miss everything. Christians, if we're wrong, we miss nothing. We stay married, pay our taxes, love our neighbors, raise good kids. If you're wrong and you wild out your whole life, you miss eternity. Who has faith? I think it takes way more faith to be an atheist than it does to be a Christian. Because if I'm wrong, I don't miss out on anything. If you're wrong, you miss out on everything. That was heavy. Pull it back, preacher. Number four, I got friends here. Write this down. I'm almost finished. I believe that victory, triumph, it smells like present help. You know why Jesus is triumphant? Because he's not just a God of the past. He's not just the God of the future. I want you to hear this. They cried Hosanna. You know what Hosanna means? It means save or it means help, but it means now. They said, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Save, help, now. Help me out. Save, help. Help me out. Save, help, now. We serve the only God that still listens. Save, help now why would human beings be able to live a life of triumph because when we go through hardships we have a god that hears and he can save he can help and he can do it now i believe today that some of you are going to get physically healed in this tent because he's a god that currently saves currently helps and he does it now you know in golf there's a backswing point of contact and a follow-through that's all I know about golf. You know, backswing deals with history. Follow through deals with future. Most people are poor at the point of contact. And I find that Christians are the same way. Believe that God was good in the Bible. We're going to heaven one day, but we're not swinging for anything here. My problem with dispensationalism is it requires zero faith. God doesn't do miracles anymore. Well, that's, that's easy to live really apathetic faith. I thought, I thought Hebrews said that it's impossible to please God without faith. So if there's no miracles, what are we pleasing God with? What are we believing God for? Follow through. Future. Wind up. Past. Point of contact. Say it with me. Present. He saves. He helps. Now. Hosanna, he saves, he heals, he helps, now, Hosanna, come on, he saves, 
He heals. He helps. Now, Hosanna. One more time. He saves. He heals. He helps. Now, Hosanna. This is the God we serve. Present help. Buddha's in the grave. Muhammad's in the grave. Joseph Smith's in the grave. Jesus rose. He rose. And because he lives, we live. Come on, get over your feet. Give me a hand clap if you believe it. Hey! Hey! Come on, give us some praise. Hey! surrender to him he's our victory so we worship and celebrate him and he is our help and our savior so we pray and we invite him if you're here today and you say mark i want to i want to invite god's peace i want you to lift your hands towards heaven i don't care if you're agnostic i don't care if you believe in god yet come on if you want his peace i dare you to lift your hands that has no problem with unbelief he can meet you where you are he'll feed anybody that's hungry say it again he'll feed anybody that's hungry I dare you to just say, God, if you are there, if you are listening, feed me. Show me, lead me, guide me, heal me. Come now, come here, come now, help, heal, now. Hosanna. You're here and you say, Mark, I believe that God is the king. I want to surrender. I'm telling you, I dare you to lift your hands in this moment. If you're here today and you go, Mark, I believe that God is my victory. I dare you to lift your hands and worship him. If you're here and you go, Mark, I believe that he is my help and my savior. I dare you to open your mouth and pray and say, God, I invite you. Come on, is it a fragrance? Is it a fragrance? Hey, come on, let's let's worship him. He's here. Come on, lift your hands. He's here.
my love. I dare you to give me your love. Come on, give me your heart. says, I, I, I close and I heal all three doors. It's not going to affect your 50s or your 60s. God heals you today. Yeah. Yeah, there's someone. I issue today. Yeah. I issue today. God's healing your eyes. Samuel, God's healing your eyes today. Healing your eyes, your visions are coming back. I just pray for... Samuel right now, close your eyes if that's you I pray, whether you're online or you're in the tents I hear the Lord saying your name Samuel, I'm opening up your eyes yeah, Lizzie, I'm opening up your ears there's a Bridget that you got in a car accident L4, L5, God's right now, healing, you feel like electricity going through your your spine, your neck healing right now healing right now healing right now There's there's even like a someone has really severe cataracts just put your hand on your eyes right now I pray Lord that you would do what surgeries doctors scalpels could not accomplish Lord heal 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 sight's coming back today yeah melanoma I, I curse you at the roots and I pray I think someone's name's Larry that has some sort of melanoma and God today is healing you of melanoma there's more than a Larry but there is a Larry that is getting healed today mark my words it might have taken your father's life but it's not going to take yours commanded to leave in Jesus name leave in Jesus name 
There's someone in here that you experienced a dark, just ultra dark atmosphere and environment. Like you're even involved with like satanic rituals and practices. And today, God says, I evict that darkness from your family. It's not going to invade your children. Even the memories and the nightmares tonight, in Jesus' name, you will sleep in peace. Command every spirit that's not the Holy Spirit to loose their grip on your mind and your heart. We cut ties to deals that grandma and grandpa made. You are paid and purchased by the blood of the Lamb. The sun sets free is free. It's free indeed. In Jesus' name, tell me what moves you. Tell me what moves you. Tell me what moves you. God's having compassion. There's someone today that your whole identity has been wrapped up in your doubt. And I hear the Holy Spirit saying, are you ready for your life to be connected to what you believe? You've, you've tasted the fruit of a life dedicated to doubt. Are you ready to taste the fruit of a life dedicated to belief? Belief does to the soul what water does to the soil. God says there are seeds that will grow if you begin to believe. You have no seeds, but they'll never grow until you open up your heart to believe. Sense it right now. We're going to do this. He's here. If you're here and you're not living for the king, I'm not talking about California Christianity that serves God on Sundays and it, it disregards them six other days a week. I'm talking about surrendering your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm telling you today that God can, he can divide them in all of your week. If you're today, you say, Mark, I want to live not with doubt, but with belief. I want to invite the King of Kings. I want to invite the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of God. Some of you have been coming for a few weeks and you like this environment, but if we're being very honest, you haven't invited it all the way in. The Holy Spirit's kind of like he's on the porch and you've had conversations with your door open, but you haven't let him in all the way. Yeah, I see God today saying, if you'll open the door all the way up, I'll come all the way in. You like what you see of me, but there's more if you'll let me all the way in. I believe many today are going to go from porch conversations to living room conversations. We're letting them all the way in. Holy Spirit's coming all the way in. If you're here today, eyes closed, heads bowed, holy moment, you're here. You need to rededicate your life to God. You walked away from Him. Maybe you've never known Him. You're atheist, agnostic. Your life has been determined and even dictated by doubt and skepticism. Jaded worldviews. And you're like, you know what? My parents were jaded. My parents were devious. My parents were wicked. And I don't want to follow their, 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 their narrative. I want to open my life up to God. If he's real, I'll invite him in. I'm with you. If he's not real, ignore him. But if he's real, why would you not have him? Why well, I understand everything about him. I don't know why he let bad things happen to good people. Listen to me. If you could understand everything about God, you would be Him. Ants don't understand me. Okay? Grasshoppers don't get me. Mice don't get me. Rats don't comprehend me. And I'm telling you, you on your best day, there is a bigger chasm between an ant and you than God and you. You might not get God all the way, but that does not mean that He's not worthy of your trust. Worthy of your worship. How about this? Worthy of your surrender. He's here. Lord, lead us into triumph today. I believe victory starts at surrender. Hear me today. I hear the Holy Spirit saying to Ocean's Church. I hear him saying to those watching online and in the tents, listen very clearly. Victory begins at surrender. And you will never taste the glory victory 
the glorious victories until you experience the humility of surrender. And that might be hard for you to wrap your head around, but I'm telling you, if you want victory, you got to embrace surrender. You're here all over the tents, not lying to you. You feel his presence. Close your eyes. That's his presence. Why is my heart speeding up? That's the spirit of God. Why am I sweating in parts of my body that shouldn't sweat? It's the spirit of God. I feel like electricity flowing through me right now. It's the spirit of God. Why are my tear ducts filling up? It's the spirit. Listen, your body can't handle his presence. He's here. You're here. Eyes closed, heads bowed, hands down. Check this out. You're here. Today's the day. We invite him in for the first time. Or we invite him all the way in. And we rededicate our lives. We surrender. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you're not. God will meet you every day, right where you are if you let him in. Hands all over the room. I want you to put your hands up on the count of three. No one's looking. I'm going to surrender today. Palm Sunday, 2021. Let it be. Let history record. This is the day that God moved into my life. Hands all over the room. One, I'm going to count to three. You can put your hands up whenever you want. I'll give you three seconds. Hands going up. Two. Yeah, more hands going up. Lord, I pray for everyone that's supposed to respond to you today. Let them rise. Let them raise their hands in this moment. Come on, all over the room. Put it up real high. Three. No one's looking. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Real high. I'm surrendering. Two, three. Keep it up real high. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Keep it up. Eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Keep it up. Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Hey. Hey. Twenty hands. Twenty hands. You're watching online right now. This isn't just an in-house deal. Same God that's meeting people here will meet you right there. Would you do me a favor if you're watching online? You say, you know what, Mark? I want to live with God and for Him. He's knocking on the door of your heart. Someone's watching right now. They named Solomon. And God, I believe even right now, wanted you to know that you don't have to die prematurely. You've been thinking about death a lot lately. You think you're going to die early in life. You're not going to die early. I believe that God has a future and a plan for you. And I even just believe even right now that if you'll open up your heart, even the next seven days, God will do three major miracles in your life. One's with your health, one's with your mom, and one's with your job. Open up your heart right now. I sense the Spirit of God just telling me, I dare you to open up. People don't get it. If you open up to God, you have nothing to lose. Because if skeptical people are right and He's not real, you're right back to where you were before. You have nothing to lose. You have everything to gain. If he's real, let him in. You're right, right now online. I want you to write heart, H-E-A-R-T. Come on, Solomon. Write heart, H-E-A-R-T. I dare you even right now. Open up your heart. Let him in. He'll move in today. H-E-A-R-T. If you're one of the 20 in the tents, four, five, six, seven online right now, YouTube, on our website, heart, H-E-A-R-T. We're to pray for you. I want you to pray this prayer with all of us. Are you guys okay still? All of Oceans Church. Pray this prayer. Say, Jesus. I invite you to be my triumphant king. Lead me out of darkness. Lead me out of godlessness, chaos, confusion, anxiety, perversion. Lead me out. Save my soul. Fill me with your light. Holy Spirit, I open myself up for you. My yes to you know to think everything else. I want you first. In Jesus' name, I surrender. I surrender. In Jesus' name. If you're here and need a miracle in your body, I just want you to lift your hands. We're still here. We'll be done in just two minutes. Lift your hands. Need a miracle in your body? 
Yeah. I feel like I can just feel people pulling right now. Almost like pulling on the curtain of heaven. Just like keep the window open a little longer. Someone, yeah. Someone has a really bad rash on their body right now. It might even be shingles. God's healing you from the top of your head, bottom of your feet. In Jesus' name. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it, but something like palsy, something palsy. I believe that God is getting feeling back right now. Parts of your body that are numb or you've lost feeling. Someone even had it like months ago and it hasn't fully come back. Maybe a year ago, two years ago, and you lost feeling in parts of your body when you had that palsy. And I believe that today God is restoring feeling to your body. Yeah. Yeah. I pray for the person that has a failing kidney. I don't know where you're at. Put your hand on your kidney right now. That's you. I pray for any unhealthy kidneys. I believe that, God, you can make a kidney brand new again. You told Moses when he said, I can't talk. You said, who makes the mouth? We complain about a broken kidney. Who makes the kidney? We declare that you are the kidney manufacturer. So we ask you to heal kidneys. I even pray for the gentleman that's having kidney stones, the woman that's having kidney stones. Someone has a bladder infection, been getting uh, uh, consistent bladder infections. This is your first time to our church and God's healing you today. First time to our church, you've had like your parents, it's like a hereditary thing. Everyone in your family has a problem with their bodies. Doctors don't even know exactly why, but it's a bladder infection, a consistent thing, and God is healing you today. Are you a psychic preacher? No, I am a son of God. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. We got to normalize people that know how to hear God's voice again. It's not super Christians that hear his voice, it's his sheep. My sheep know my want to hear God's voice, come on, put your hands on your ears right now. I ask you that we would be a church that's not weird, but we would be a church that hears clearly. I pray that we wouldn't be weird prophetic people, but I pray that we'd be naturally spiritual, spiritually natural. I pray that we would have a heart to love people, not to be gifted and amazing, but just to be loving and encouraging. Help us to hear your voice. I pray that miracles will break out this next month. I just thank you for the healings that took place here today. Would you just say this all over the room? Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' name. If you gave your life to the Lord today, I encourage you to go on our website. Click on Growth Tracks. If you need a Bible, we'll give you a Bible today. If you need a church, this is a good church to go to. And uh, I really encourage you next Sunday to breathe. If you gave your life to God today, the greatest thing you can do is tell someone about it with passion. If it's real, let's be excited about it. Amen. I love you. Come on, give God a hand clap today. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.